the blast from our past network. You heard the lady. Admiral, if we were to assume that these whales are ours to do with as we please, we would be as guilty as those who caused their extinction. Okay. I don't know what this is all about, but I want you guys out of here right now or I call the cops. I assure you that won't be necessary. We're only trying to help. The hell you were, Buster. Your friend was messing up my tanks and messing up my whales. They like you very much, but they are not the hell your whales. I, I suppose they've told you that, huh? The hell they did. Right. Talking Back. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim. This week, we're going to be covering the movie Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home. With me, as always, is Dean. And Dean, how is it going? It's going good, Tim. Uh, I noticed that I always take a swig of beer while you're doing that intro, and sometimes I run out of time. Sometimes I'm t- still swallowing by the time you throw it to me. Oh, I, I didn't actually notice that you chugged beer before, like, or while I'm in the intro. I've never noticed it's, you chugging beer before. It's just my thing, I think. I just get, I just get right to it. I feel like that's the only time, because the other times I'm, I have to talk. I feel like I often catch you drinking beer. Yeah, I, I often throw something to you, and you're just like... <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I agree, Tim. That was the smartest thing I've ever heard anyone say. Exactly. You have lots of gulps to edit out. (laughs) Oh, I do. It's true. (laughs) I do. Actually, it's very funny you said that because just in the the last episode I was editing, I'm like, how many sips of beer does this guy take an episode? Because it's just like, it seems like he's always drinking beer, but I'm looking right (laughs) at you. I don't notice it, but then I go back to the tape and it's like, all you're doing is drinking beer. Every second Tim. you're not talking, you're taking sips of beer. Tim, you're throwing shade on my name right now. <laughs> I'm not throwing shade. That's great. <laughs> okay, Dude, good, good. You're enjoying yourself, right? I, I am. I am enjoying myself. I take small sips, small sips. I mean, let's be honest with, with everybody. I'm taking sips too. I just, uh, like, your 10 sips is my one sip because I you have less time gulps. to do it. <laughs> yeah. I, I take big, I take big gulps, yeah. Uh, hey, what's going on? Did we I say think we that went yet? through that. Yeah, I think hey, we got listeners. through that part. Thanks yeah. for joining. It's, uh, yeah, it's just another summer episode. That's all. That's all we're doing here. Summer fun. Melting our brains in the heat, throwing fun movies your way. I mean, what else could you want? Really? Yeah, man. I'm having so much fun with all these summer episodes. How's the studio for you today? Not too bad. I mean, I'm sweating. I'm sweating. Yeah, you got sleeves on, though. I'll be honest. <laughs> My shirt's wet. <laughs> yeah, I can see. But it. it's <laughs> it's not bad. Cool. I'm a little hot in mine too. Are you? That's that's nice. Nice of you to join along for the hot studio ride. Yeah, I always close my air con- air conditioning vent because it makes noise. Um, right. So I usually have it blowing to fill up the room for like an hour, hour and a half before. I forgot to do that today, so it's a little hot in here. Perfect. That's great. Yeah. So, Dean, I wanted to just um, say something off the top here, something new, something new for the podcast, and that is that we don't have a Patreon page, and that is not new. That's old. 
That's, I, I knew that one already, Tim. Yeah, we don't have a Patreon page. But what we're doing is something a little bit different. We have signed up for a website called Buy Me a Coffee. And what this is going to do is give our beloved listeners an opportunity to buy us a coffee and it'll likely be turned into beer money. Um, (laughs) I might buy a coffee with it. I'll more likely buy a beer, but it just gives the listeners an opportunity to support us and they can just go on. It can be a one-time thing. They can buy us one coffee. They can buy us two coffees, whatever they feel comfortable with. They can also sign up for a membership, a monthly membership. And if they do that, they'll get some special stuff from us. We'll probably be releasing just special content, special episodes that only the Buy Me A Coffee members will get. So that's that's what we're, uh, that's what we've set up. That's what we're hoping, you know, um, just after, I don't know how many episodes we've done a lot now, over 100, over 125 even. Um, but just, we've just set something up for people to kind of just support us if they want to. We've heard people, you know, have mentioned they've been looking for a way to support us. We didn't really have anything like that. The only support we've been looking for before this was just, Hey, if you like our show, give us a review on Apple podcast, a five-star review, that would be great. But now if you want to, you know, throw a few dollars our way, um, I joke about the beer, but, you know, we would love to, you know, do some upgrading to equipment and stuff like that. Make the podcast better. This is a way to do it. So if you want to check it out, it's buymeacoffee.com slash talking back. Very easy to get to. Go check it out. If you feel so inclined, buy us a coffee and uh, leave a comment and uh, that would be awesome. So great. Cool. Uh, okay, Star Trek Four. Dean, what what is this movie? Tim, I love it. I love this movie. I love this movie. I I can at the at the same time as not understanding how anyone can like this movie. I also at the same time understand how everyone likes this movie. Wow. Well said. That is so very accurate. <laughs> right. It's deadly accurate. Uh, it's spoilers, Tim. Spoiler alert. It's there. I said spoiler alert this time. Whoa, 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 whoa. It's a fish out of water story about getting a fish out of water. Uh, yes. Whoa. Yeah, that is. You just right? blew my mind. You just blew I my know, mind. I know, right? Uh, that, yeah. It, that's what it's about. You, it's you got amazing. It. It's, it's amazing. Now, obviously, obviously, Dean, you saw this movie for the first time. Oh, obviously. As with most of our movies. Obviously, Tim. It's a movie from 86. Of course I saw it for the first time. <laughs> it didn't come out in the 2000s, so you haven't seen no, it. No, yeah, so I have never seen it. I'm not even sure the first time I saw this one. This was, for sure, one of those Saturday afternoon specials for me, where it just comes on TV. I love Star Trek. I watch the movie. But that happened with all of those movies. All of right. those, you know, OG Star Trek movies. They were always on, sometimes in a marathon, and I would tune in and I'd watch them, and they just all kind of blended together for me. Yeah. So, yeah, I, like, knew this one and I loved it, and if, you know, someone said, hey, have you seen Star Trek Four? I would say, which one is that? And then yeah. they would say, the one with the whales, and I'd be like, oh, yeah, I love that one. Love the whales. And Tim, it, would, it makes sense that you would be confused because I was pretty shocked 
two, three, and four just kind of all run back to back to back. Yes, they do. I love that. I love that about them. I love that about them. It's awesome. Pick up right where three ended. Well, I mean, I'll tell you the best thing about this back to back. Spoiler alert. I fucking love that they're in the bird of prey the whole time. Oh, so good. I, what a great so idea. So fucking good. What oh a great God, idea. That ship, yes. They lost their baby, the Enterprise, and they just take the enemy ship and they're like, let's just yeah. use this thing. And you know what? Kirk sits in that captain's chair like he fucking owns the place, like always. He does. He does own it. Dean, released in 1986 with a budget of $21 million, it grosses $133 million. Whoa. So this one, out of all four, netted the most amount of money. Mm, so the first yeah. movie netted $94 million. The second movie netted $85 million. The third movie netted $71 million. So they're declining. All good. Yeah, all good. All, oh, yeah, all good. This one nets $112 million, though. Wow. So people, well, I don't I don't even, it's kind of weird. Like what, people were just ready to see what Spock was going to be like? Yeah. After getting Tim. his Katra back, it's like, what's he going to be like? That's what we I'm talking see. about. Like, that's what I'm talking about. It's like, why is this the one that makes the most net? But then at the same time, I'm like, I get it. <laughs> I, yeah. I get it. Now, after directing The Search for Spock, Leonard Nimoy is back to direct this one. And I actually didn't know that until prepping for this episode. I never knew that. So that was really cool going in for me. Music, uh, James Horner, who did the music for the last two, is out. Oh. And in is Leonard Rosenman. Now, this dude has a really weird career with movies. He's got over 60 to his credit. So in 1975, he wins an Academy Award for Best Music for Barry Lyndon. Then again in 76, he wins an Academy Award for Bound for Glory. He did a couple Planet of the Apes movies. Hmm. He did the animated Lord of the Rings movie. Oh, yeah. And he did The Car that our buddy Corey from Podcasting After Dark loves. Zach nice. and Corey covered that on their, on their, uh, on their show. Go check that out. Then the rest of his stuff falls into the forgotten zone or unheard wow. of zone. Now, here are some of the movies. Dean, stop me if you've heard any of these. Okay. <laughs> Great. Have yeah. you heard of The Face on the Milk Carton? No. I want to watch it, though. Do you? Yeah, that sounds I great, don't. Tim. The face on the milk carton? Whose face is it? What happened to them? I, I need to know. Well, they're missing. They're, they're just <laughs> I missing. I know, I know. Why, though? Who are they? Dean, what about Heart of a Stag? Ooh, I, I don't really think I want to see that. Have you heard of Making Love? I, I've heard of Making Love, Tim. <laughs> I have not seen it, though. <laughs> Have you heard of the cat creature? No. Have you good. heard of the Todd killings? Fuck, kill those fuckers named Todd, right? Kill, kill all the Todds. Todd's. Oh, okay. I'm going to be honest, though. These movies sound great, all of them. Have you heard of September 30, 1955? Uh, no. Have you heard of any second now? No. Me neither. I'm going to stop there. There's okay, those are many, many more. Good. Many more. 
Maybe we'll review the Todd killings on a double feature or something. Who knows? I, I, I was thinking they kind of all sound like double features. Yeah. Hey, maybe that's uh buy me a coffee content we can uh, we can release. Who knows? Now we're talking, Tim. Now we're talking. Cinematography by Donald Peterman, who did Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Nice. As well as the double overhead quality film Point Break. No way. Yes way. Um, I do have to say, I thought the cinematography in this movie was about as straightforward as you could ever get. Like, yeah, I, I don't think it was much more than just set up a camera, point it at yeah. the actors and hit record. Yeah. I was about to say we have, we have like the all-star team here, but then I was, then I was thinking of any shots that bo- really stood they, out. They seem really boring. I mean, it's just, it just feels like, uh. Saturday afternoon movie like feels like a, yeah, well, like a TV but, show or something. It's just like, yeah, it did feel kind of like a TV show, which is I feel like like we talked about that in Star Trek three. That's sort of the Nimoy directed f- Star Trek film like Star Trek three felt like a, a TV episode. And this kind of feels the same a little more fun, but this kind of feels the same. Yeah, you know, Leonard Nimoy, you know, he's he's double dipping. He's directing. He's acting. Yeah. I think he was just too busy to pay attention to what the cinematographer was doing. Yeah, that might be true because he was barely in three and he's all over this movie. Yeah, he is. So even before the search for Spock was released, Leonard Nimoy was asked to direct the next film in the franchise and was given far more creative control on it. Cool. Nimoy wanted a more lighthearted take after the more serious vibe of the first three films. Mm-hmm. And his vision was for no dying, no fighting, no shooting, no photon torpedoes, no phaser blasts, and no stereotypical bad guy. Uh, Excellent, man. Uh, what? <laughs> no, f- no Wait, fun. What? Yeah, no fun? Seriously, no fun. Except, Dude, here's the thing. What fun is there? Well, I know, but okay, hold on a second. Um, he said he wanted people to have a really great time watching it. Mm-hmm. I, I would suggest uh, settle down, Leonard Nimoy. Put those things into the movie, and we will have a really great time watching it. You don't need to exclude those for us to have a really great time with the movie. Now, it's okay that he did. It's a fun movie. But you don't need to take all those things out. I feel like he was trying to make a point. And I feel like the movie might have been able to be better if he threw a couple of those things in there. Tim, he was definitely trying to make a point. He was trying to make a lot of points with this movie. Oh, yes, definitely. Don't um, don't hunt whales. Don't. Do not. Don't do it. Do not hunt whales. Um, I... uh... So I, I like I like the uh, other movies. I like the killing. I like the the the, the phasers. I like the bad guys. Oh, you mean the, you like um, the fun stuff? Yeah, you like all the fun stuff. I love the fun stuff too. It's fun. Yeah, fun stuff is fun. I love I mean. it. I love it. But here's the thing: they took all that out of this movie, and it was so much fun. Like I can't even. I understand what you're saying because I like that stuff in movies, but I can't even complain about this one because I just loved everything about it. He delivered on what he set out to do. I'll give him that. He delivered, yeah. He delivered. I like that it's just like number four, right in the middle. They've done all these serious movies, and then it's like, here's uh, just a goofy one, and everybody loves it. It's just, it's a fun arc for how these movies go. For sure. 
Now, this blows my mind. The movie was actually nominated for four Academy Awards. Wow. Guess what it was nominated for, Dean? Uh, Was one of them costumes? No. One of them was best cinematography, though. Of course. Of course. Am I missing something? (laughs) Um, Am I missing something? It's not just me, right? The cinema Tim, we talked about, about the cinematography is kind for, of boring, right? You forgot about that great shot in the middle, um, uh, at the park, where, uh, no, I can't think of anything. Me neither. I can't think of one shot. <laughs> Best cinematography. I don't know if I'm just terrible, a terrible judge of cinematography, or. It may, may maybe it was a real tough year for movies, right? Yeah, know. that could be. I mean, here's the thing: it's not the worst cinematography. It's just fine. It's just cinematography. It's just cinematography. It's doing its job. Yeah. If it was a flavor of ice cream, it would be vanilla. Do you think sometimes they don't really know what to give an award to? They're like, I liked what I saw. So is that cinematography? Yeah. Oh, definitely. We've talked about the Academy Awards before, and yeah, while we like to mention, you know the accolades when one of the movies we review gets nominated it is just a big bag of horse shit anyways so yeah i'm not really surprised like i just want to make sure that i'm not losing my mind here that this wasn't the best cinematography it it didn't stick out to me tim okay now it was also nominated for best sound best sound effects editing and original score those ones I don't have as much beef with. That's totally fine. No, this yeah, the score's great. No issue. That, did that's... it? Did it win for uh, best whale? It didn't win for anything. Oh, if those come on, if, who would beat it for best whale? If those whales had kissed, it could have won a People's Choice for best kiss, best on screen kiss. That that's probably would have won. That would have totally won. That spoiler totally alert: won. If Kirk got kissed by the girl, which he didn't, yeah, that was, I liked that. that was... He got rejected. He got rejected. It was shocking. We'll get to it, Tim. Yeah, it I know. was shocking and it was fantastic. We're just, we're spoiling everything this week. Holy we're, spo- we're just getting to it. We're just so, so excited. Fun. It's so hot in it's the studio. It's too fun. Yeah. So we start the movie off, Dean, in space. Amazing. You know, what a great of place course. to start a Star Trek movie. In space. <laughs> Why not? Why? Why not? It would be weird if you weren't. Is there a bad movie ever that started in space? No. 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 Hey, before we get going, it's another time travel movie. This is awesome. Yes. I threw it out there in a previous episode. I asked anybody who doesn't like time travel movies, drop us a line. Let us know Mm -hmm. why. Guess what? Not a single person dropped me a line saying they didn't like time travel, which means every single person in the world likes time travel stories. So Exactly. um, Experiment concluded. Now, they're in space. There's a weird object making a weird sound, being scanned by a Federation ship. Mm -hmm. Then we're back at Federation headquarters. And these bastards make us watch the death of the Enterprise again. Like, thanks for bringing that pain back. Yeah. Didn't need to see that again. Um, But I, I had forgotten, Dean, that Kirk and his crew were sort of outlaws in the last movie. And now what's happening here is there's some sort of a hearing at Starfleet headquarters against Kirk and the Klingons are there and they're claiming Kirk created the Genesis machine and they're very upset. Yeah. Such liars. Then we cut to Kirk 
and the crew, and they're in the Bird of Prey, and I love it. They're on Vulcan getting repairs. We see Spock, and dude, his character has been all over the place in this franchise before. He oh, has yeah. been oh, a yeah. completely different person in every one of these movies. So I, I'm, I'm curious how he's going to be this time around, yeah. even though I've seen it a bunch and I already know. Uh, pretending this is my first time. But right. You're pretending you're curious. I was pretending. I'm thinking the, yeah. the right questions to ask for people uh, who haven't seen it. That's what makes before. you such a great podcaster, Tim. Thank you. Now, I do actually really love how he's portrayed here in this movie. And I think yeah. that uh, has a lot to do with Leonard Nimoy directing the film. And I think kind of made Spock out to be the hero in this movie. Because he's, oh, yeah. he's the coolest character by far. He's doing all the cool stuff. Uh, anytime they need something figured out, he's figuring it yeah. out. Uh, I liked it, though. This is this is the Spock I like to see. This is kind of the Spock more like the original series that you, that you got in that. Okay. He's like the, yeah. the, the really, really smart guy who knows all the shit. So, yeah, I've never been totally on board with Spock because all I've seen is these movies and uh, definitely here. I can see it. I can totally see it. I was I was loving them. Yeah. And also like the whole McCoy Spock relationship. That's usually like they're usually fighting a lot. That's their, their relationship oh, yeah. is like at a head. They're always you know, arguing. McCoy is always yelling at him for something, calling him names that whole relationship was changed this movie. And I think it was because Spock's Katra was in McCoy last movie. Oh yeah. So McCoy yeah. got a chance to understand kind of who Spock is. And he, he makes a comment about it in this movie. He's kind of like, yeah, I kind of, I got it, got a piece. I got a glimpse into who you are. And I like, I really respect that. They didn't fight at all in this movie. Like McCoy was just kind of like, almost like trying to support him and help him and um, giving him yeah. encouragement. And it was a really different take on that relationship. And I, I liked it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. They kind of set it up early with uh, McCoy going over and talking to him. And in that, in that first sort of interaction is where you can totally see you're like, wait, this is kind of different. Like he's like you said, he's almost supporting him. He's kind of like, giving him like pushing his ideas forward and saying like, yeah, that's a good, that's a good plan. You should go through with that. Uh, yeah, I really liked, I liked that dynamic. I, it wasn't so much the two of them in this movie. Um, but when it, when they were on screen together, I, I did like it. And I coming around to Spock, I, I did find myself though, often yelling out when he would do things that weren't logical. I would say that's not logical. And uh, I don't know if that's because I, I did really like him. So I liked when he was calling other people out. But I think I felt like for some reason I needed to call him out when he was doing things that weren't logical. Okay, that's fair enough. Just keep in mind he's half human. So maybe cut him a break. You know? I mean, Tim, I'm full human. Uh, so cut me a break. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. I mean, wow. <laughs> I get you, dude. You're, I can't, yeah. I mean, I can't argue that. Mm -hmm. Back to Starfleet and their ship, and this weird object, and Starfleet still trying to figure out what this thing is. And this thing seems to drain energy from the ships around it and disable them. And then we get a better look at this object, and it looks like a long black stone cylinder mm -hmm. with this round sphere sticking out of it. And uh, they're calling it a probe. Yeah. Now, I never liked this design when I was younger, 
but I don't really mind it now. Didn't it didn't I like it now offend be- me? Yeah, I like it now because I don't understand it. I'm just like, why would you have this little ball thing hovering below this big cylinder? And because I'm so confused by what it looks like, I have no expectations at all of what it is. I have no clue what it is. And it's so mysterious to me that I I did really enjoy it. Even better than if it was just a black cylinder. I think it just makes it even that much more weird that this little ball thing was hanging out. So I, I kind of really enjoyed it. Yeah. So the repairs on the Bird of Prey are complete, and the whole gang are going to head back to Earth. Unfortunately, that's also where the probe is headed. Now, the probe is doing something really weird to the ocean, and it's creating bad weather patterns on Earth. Yeah. Isn't that what happened in Spider-Man versus Superman, the comic book? Didn't Wasn't Lex making bad weather? That was his big plan, was to make bad weather in that in that comic? Oh, shit. Do you remember? Did he do that? Yes. I don't Superman remember. had to save the day from bad weather. Right. What a great comic book that was. Oh, that comic, comic book was amazing. That was a good episode. Think... Go check that out. Uh, Lex's plan there, not so great. Comic book, amazing. No, not so great. Yeah, I, th- I feel like the, it is sort of a trope uh, across a few movies here and there, maybe comic books too, to use the weather. Yeah. You, like the the... The, the bad guy's using the weather. We don't really know what the bad guy is in this situation. I mean, we've already heard uh, Leonard Nimoy say there is none. So, um, yeah, but bad, bad weather is something that uh, I think comes up a couple times in, in movie history. Probably the thing I'm least interested in in movies is when somebody tries to take over the weather. Yeah, to be real, I don't like it really at all. It's, <laughs> Whenever mean, it pops up, someone, someone, yeah. Someone wants to use the weather to, I don't, I don't like it either. I don't like it. Let's make it rain a lot. Let's do yeah. that. I'm just like, go ahead, do it. Change the weather. Do what? Yeah, whatever. Do it. Tim, you're That'll like, be whatever, make it hot. Make it super hot out. <laughs> I'll just podcast better, you fool. That's right. You're going to make it rain? Okay. Because we get rain. Great. It rains already. Yeah. Yeah. Things will grow. What are you going to do? You're going to make it cold? Well, it gets cold in places. Yeah good one way to go like good one way to terrify us to our bone you're changing the weather (laughs) so kirk (laughs) and the group receive a distress call from starfleet hq about this probe that's changing the weather uh telling all the ships to keep their distance at all cost because of the weather spock (laughs) listens to the sound coming from the probe and doesn't think it's hostile so here's your first uh Spock is the most brilliant thing ever. He's figuring everything out. Oh, yeah. He thinks the probe is trying to communicate with something other than humans. So they start running some tests on the signal and convert it to see what it would sound like underwater. Yes. It comes back as the underwater signal of a humpback whale. Cool. It was cool. Spock was like, well, they're pointing... It looks like they're pointing it at the ocean, so maybe they're not trying to talk to us. They're trying to talk to something in the ocean. Yeah, I do dig the underwater filter. I would filter all messages through that if I was on that ship. Yeah, that was cool. So Hothead Kirk, he wants to destroy the probe, right? Oh, it's causing bad weather. Let's let's blow it up. There's only one thing to do, blow it up. I like my weather consistent. Fire everything. Uh <laughs> <laughs> oh wait we don't have anything we don't have torpedoes we don't have phasers ram it ram the probe. it's raining in san francisco ram it ram the probe ram it risk our lives for it set a collision course with the probe 
maximum warp engage. Actually, if you're at warp, <laughs> no, you'd still hit it if you're at warp. That's they should just they should have done that. Anyways, uh, Spock assures him that destroying the probe won't be possible. Hmm. Spock wants to go back in time and find humpback whales. Now, Kirk had mentioned uh, that they've done this before. They've gone back in time before. And I will admit, I was like, what? They went back in time before? When did that happen? Mm -hmm. And I had to look it up. But I was quickly reminded, yes, in season one of the original series, they do go back in time. In one of the most classic episodes of of all Star Trek, it's an episode oh, cool. called Tomorrow is Yesterday, and they go back to the 1960s. They get pulled into like nice. uh, the gravitational pull of uh, this black star or something, and they get sent back in time. So it's true. they it, it did happen before. So Kirk's just like, yeah, well, we did it before. Let's do it again. Cool. We can pull it did off. They do the same, did they do the same maneuver? The slingshot around the sun? No, it was like they got pulled there. Something went wrong. They weren't trying oh, okay. to get there. Okay. They just got like yeah. sent there and had to figure it out. Cool. So Kirk sends a signal to HQ and he tells them they're going to get the bird of prey up to 88 miles an hour and go back <laughs> in time and save some humpback <laughs> whales. That's totally what happens, man. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> He's like, if we can get... If this bad boy reaches 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. And we did, too. We saw some we serious, saw some ser hallucination, oh, weird-ass we serious shit. shit. the hell's going on in this part? Don't know. So they fly the bird of prey towards the sun. They hit warp speed. They slingshot around the sun. And they break the very fabric of time. And then, yeah, like we're saying, we just go to Tripsville here. It is. We go bizarre. to Tripsville, yeah. It's very interesting yeah. how they decided to show us going through time. It makes yes. me never want to travel through time if that's what I have yes. to go through. It also makes me wonder why no one just like woke up from after that and were like, hey, did you see a bunch of clay men too? Remember you were clay? Was I clay too? Oh, man. Like, was why wasn't anyone so talking about this trip? They all strange. It was, it was so, so strange. strange. I don't even know. Was... Okay. Here's what it is. This is a person who has never done hallucinogenic drugs trying to create right. a scene yes. to resemble that. They're like, this is what I think being on drugs yeah. is like, but I've never done it. Like, I got it. I got it. Yeah, yeah I got it. It's going to be weird, right? Drugs are it's weird. It's going to be weird Doing shit, drugs man. is weird. Weird stuff happens, yeah. right? Yeah, that that's right. Yeah, okay. Well, I've got it. Yeah. Nailed uh, it. Anyways. Nailed it, Leonard. When the acid finally wears off, they arrive in the 20th century. So it worked. Very, yeah, very, great. very small problem, though, that the time travel has drained the dilithium crystals on board and they only oh. have 24 hours of power left. I could hold on. I can see that you're getting worried. Don't. I am. Don't get worried. Okay. Spock has a plan. Okay, good. He wants to harness the nuclear power on Earth that's available in this time period yes. to re-energize the crystals. Perfect. Yes, Tim. Do it. Exactly. Like you said, they're like 88 miles per hour. They're not in 1955. There is plutonium. It's 1986, baby. There's plutonium everywhere. Let's go get some. Exactly. You just walk up to your nearest nuclear generator <laughs> and steal some power. And steal some plutonium. Let's do this. They don't even have to go to the Libyans. 
No, no, they they don't. They just have to go to the army. Yeah, they just have to go to the army. So they break off into teams, check off and Uhura, go to the nuclear reactor. Yes. Kirk and Spock go to the whales. And Sulu, Bones, and Scotty go to figure out how to get a containment tank so they can beam the whales onto the bird of prey. And then, dude, we get this really, really cool scene even nowadays, I can't even imagine in 1986, but it's the scene of the cloaked bird of prey landing oh, yeah. in a park. Yeah. And then the ship remains cloaked as the crew's like climbing out of the top of it. Cool. Very cool effects. They do this a few times in the movie where yeah. the, the, the ship is just in the middle of a park. So they don't want any, anyone to see it. So it's cloaked, but they keep like coming and going from it. And you can see them kind of like, as they climb into it, their body starts to disappear. Yeah. Oh, man, does it ever look good. Cool. It looks great, yeah. And I like that everyone's breaking into teams because all I really know about this crew is what I've seen in these movies, and they've all been together all the time or, like, Kirk's been off by himself doing something. I like that we each get teams. I got to, like, really learn about each different character and see them kind of shine. It was, I really, really liked it. I, I liked going bouncing from group to group. Every time we got to a new one, I was excited to see what these two or three are going to do. That's a good point. Yeah. You definitely don't see that very often in the show. Yeah. If they're going to go off in teams, it's like, okay, we're sending a team down to the planet and it'll be like three people or something. And then a bunch of them are still in the ship. So for them yeah. to be on, an away mission and to actually for the whole like group to break off into different teams was, was pretty cool. I think, I think that's actually one of the things that really makes this movie work is yeah. this whole kind of, we get about 30 or 40 minutes of these groups kind of breaking off and just doing their different thing. We get to yeah. follow three different stories and they're all a ton of fun. They're all a ton of fun because we are doing the fish out of water thing, like I mentioned earlier, because they're from so far in the future that back in like society's so different that back in 1986, like they're getting confused by money. Like they're just yeah. confused by everything. everything. So it's there's some fun to be had here. Yeah. And Spock wasn't even sure like what year he could get them to come back in time to. He's yeah, just like, I yeah. don't know. The best I can calculate is somewhere in the late 20th century. Yeah. So they just kind of land in the 80s somewhere. Yeah, great. Um, the, 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 the different teams here are just walking the streets of San Francisco. Yeah. <laughs> and Kirk, like, just about gets run over by a cab. And the guy just hangs out the window and he's like, watch where you're going, dumbass. And Kirk says, well, double dumbass on you. It's like, double dumbass on you. It's amazing. I'm going to use that so much in my life. Double dumbass on you. It would infuriate. You, there's no comeback There's to that. not. It would infuriate no. you if someone said that to you. Yes. There, you're right. There is no comeback. You're just like, you've you're been you served. Win. Yeah. Yes. You forget about it. Lead with that next time and maybe you're onto something, yeah. but yeah, exactly. It's amazing. Then Kirk, uh, Kirk goes to a, a pawn shop and he pawns the glasses that McCoy gave him in the, I think it was the search for Spock. No, 
in yeah, because, Wrath of uh, Khan. No, I think it's Khan. Wrath of yeah, Khan. Because that's where he's like it's his birthday. an old man. He's turning into an old man. McCoy gives him some glasses, yeah. a pair of glasses yeah. from the 1800s. And Kirk is yeah. pawning them at a pawn store. It's awesome. Yeah, and here's where they basically say we don't care about time travel logic because uh, Spock is like, oh, what are you doing? That was like a gift given to you. And he's like, yeah, and it'll be given to me again. Like basically right. just saying like, who cares what I do with it? Like <laughs> I'm going to get it in the future. It's going mean, to find its way to me somehow. If I did it, if I'm doing it now, I must have done it before. Yeah. You know, it's like they're just like, who cares about like uh, time travel logic? Let's just Let's just do it. Let's just carry on with what we're doing. We're time travel experts, you and I. Uh, well, that we, is we've that covered is so sure. much time travel stuff. Yeah, Man. that's when we've sounded our most smartest. <laughs> <laughs> is when we're trying to oh. break down time oh, travel logic. Oh, do we ever understand our time finest travel. moments? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Some of yeah, some of the finest. Some of the finest. I do think we know more than Kirk, though. He doesn't quite get it. I, definitely, he thinks it's a joke. Yeah, he does think it. He's just like whatever. We're We've gone to the past. So when I we go back yeah. to the future, I'll still have these glasses with me because it's the future where I own them. Yeah. <laughs> no, you won't. No. no you won't, Kirk. Because he... you're on your own timeline right now. You're on the timeline yeah. with the glasses. And if you leave them here, they will stay here. You will not have them in the future when you go back. You idiot. You idiot. He also wants to know if $100 is a lot of money. That's the best. And I love the it's guy's the response. The, the pawn store owner mm-hmm. it's just like he's kind of like shoulders up like i don't know not really uh nope <laughs> they're just like <laughs> have you ever been to a great. pawn shop before <laughs> yeah i'll take it <laughs> i'll take it and then i like right after that they're all in a huddle like splitting up the money yeah. basically <laughs> yeah everybody gets some bills and yes. uh, kirk and spock try to get on a get on a bus and they get kicked off because they don't have exact change <laughs> they've just got like yes. bills them all pulling, them all like standing in a circle, splitting up their money really reminded me of the Sandlot when they're all in a circle trying to put the, together their money to try to make yeah. 99 cents. Right. <laughs> it just reminded me of that. They just, none of them know what money is. None of them know what Kirk's Everybody, even handing them. Yeah. They're like, what are we going to do with this? Like, yeah. I don't know. Here, here's some for you. I don't know what this, what it does. Everybody gets $15. Go now, go, go do your mission. <laughs> I like that they did that though, because obviously, you know, yeah. in Star Trek, there's no currency because they've like gotten rid of money because it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. So it is, I did like that they're showing, look, nobody knows what money is. They don't know what to do with it. They don't even know what the necessity for it is, but they know in this time period, you're supposed to have some. If you want to get stuff done, yeah. you're supposed to have some. So Kirk and Spock get to the whales. And they're being held. Well, they're being held. Like they kind of live at this aquatic institute. And yeah. Spock and Kirk are taking a tour. Dude, what is up with this tour group? Did you see the random nun? Yes. Who's this apparently on her lunch break and is going yes. to the tour of the whales? Yes. She's she's not the only weird like uh, person that's in this group. This group has so many characters it's just like yeah let's just put this person in the group and this person in the group it's like it's the middle of the day what is everybody doing here it was it was just like okay yeah let's gather up a a different cast of characters here to bring them to the aquarium yeah i did notice this it stood out now dean unfortunately in the movie they decide to show us some real disturbing footage of whales being killed and harvested This did not fit in the movie at all. Now, I do remember uh, back in the 80s, Dean, 
that this was a real big deal at the time. Like killing and harvesting whales was a big deal. So this is Leonard Nimoy making a very political statement in his movie. This does not fit. I love the whales as much as the next person, but I do not want to see this in my Star Trek movie. Uh, I don't know how this got like passed by the producers, but it does not fit. This is not Star Trek. No, in in a movie that is like not violent at all, this is some very disturbing footage to be watching. Yeah, for like the I didn't uh, like it. for all the things he's like, we can't have fights. We can't have a bad guy. We can't have photon torpedoes. We can't yeah. have fun, but we can show whales being sliced open for like two minutes. Yeah. The thing is, the movie does a good enough job of of like sort of making the statement he wants to make. Like, I just yeah. don't need to see it. I just like the movie's already right. got me to that point that when I when I see it, I'm just like, oh, that's that's just yucky. It just pulls you out of the movie. You're just like, yeah. whoa, wait, what am I watching? This is weird that this isn't a Star Trek movie. Okay, I don't like it. This is disturbing. Yeah. And okay, back to the movie. Let's keep having fun and pretending like everything's, you know, yeah. a good time. It just didn't work it's for just me. Maybe one one step too far for this movie. Yeah. Now, the tour goes underground now so that they can take a look at the whales under the water. Oh, and great. I laugh my ass off. Yes, man. When we see Spock is just all of a sudden somehow swimming in the tank with the whales. And then more than that, he goes in for a mind meld. He goes in for a mind meld with the whale. This is the best, Tim. It is the best. And he does it. This is the best. It starts, it starts, Tim, with Kirk looking around for Spock. (laughs) As soon as Kirk is looking over his shoulder and trying to find Spock, I'm like, oh, where's Spock going to be? Where did he go? Where did he get to? He's swimming in the tank with the whale mind melding. Yes. Yes. It's so great. Yes. Um, Tim, uh, do you have the name of the tour guide? Catherine. Catherine is fantastic. She's fantastic as I love Catherine. an actress. Yes. I don't buy her as like a marine biologist. What? She, she loves whales so much. She loves oh. whales more than she loves Kirk. She does. She loves whales, but she was, I don't know. She was. Oh, really? Fairly. I Okay. I loved her character in the movie. Yeah. Uh, I thought she did a great job. She's very goofy. Um, oh, yeah. She's very goofy. Yeah. I just think like she a, a, like a, like a marine biologist and like the right. amount of schooling they would need to go through. This is not that person. You know, they would I be you. very much more sophisticated kind of in their approach to everything. But in this movie, this is what I want to see. Yeah, yeah, I get I get you. Yeah, she rules in this movie. She is. Uh, Do you ever watch Seventh Heaven? No. Oh, she is the mom from Seventh Heaven. And the dude in the first movie, the captain in the first movie, um, who was in love with V'ger, that's the dad from Seventh Heaven. Oh, get out. Yeah, wow. so they're both in Star Trek movies. That's cool. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, I'll drop something at the end of the episode, which might explain why her character was this way. But I'm saving okay. it. I'm saving it for the end. Ooh, ooh, interesting. Cool. Ha <laughs> ha. Make the listeners listen to the whole episode. 
Oh, that's actually Tim, that is it so doesn't, smart. It doesn't, it doesn't matter, matter. <laughs> actually. You've already downloaded <laughs> it. it. We, we got the download. Yeah. You can turn it off right now. We don't care. But you'll yeah, just miss out on, on a you. bunch of fun. We're gonna have so many more laughs in this episode. Dean is gonna Dean's gonna drink so much more beer. <laughs> yeah, I am. That's true. It's gonna be great. Don't so turn good. it off now. <laughs> or oh, dude, you could just skip to the end and get the tidbit that I'm gonna oh, yeah. give right at the end. You could skip the next like twenty minutes and just get to that tidbit. Yeah, and you can see the stark contrast of me now. And me three beers from now. Oh, reacting interesting. To, reacting to Tim's Tim's news. Interesting. This is a form yeah. of time travel, actually. Because like, oh, yes, the, the listeners can jump into our future with yeah. the swipe of a finger. It's incredible. We're not even there yet. Is they it, can get we're there. We're, not, we're there. not even there. We're here. This feels like oh space balls. Goodness. We are here right now. But <laughs> you could go into the future and listen to me tell about why her character is the way it is. This is fascinating stuff. Uh, See, we're, Tim, we're then fucked. We're, we're then good at we'll time be travel. now soon. Yes, I know when. Yeah. When will then be now soon, 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 Pro- 20 minutes even. Oh, great. We should, uh, we should be given doctorates in time travel. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Sh- uh, shout out to the physicists listening. And uh, if you know anybody, drop us a line. Drop us a line if you want to give us a doctorate in time travel. We accept. Yeah. Uh, listen, he- here's what's going on in the movie. Uh, to get back to that, because we are covering a movie here. This is still happening. Right. Now, right, it's serious business. Kirk and Spock have befriended Catherine, the uh, marine biologist. They call her something else. She's like, uh, I can't remember her name. It's something a bit different, but she's giving the whale to her, basically. Now, we're going to take a bit of a shift here, okay? Mm-hmm. Brace yeah. yourself. We're going to go okay. to McCoy and Scotty at a plastic factory. Yes. And Scotty's impersonating some high-level plastic scientist, which is fun. Fantastic. Fantastic. S- Scotty shows them a way to make a new form of higher-density plastic in exchange for enough plastic panels to make a container for the whales on the ship. Seems um, like a mistake. No, it's not though. It's not though. I, I love the computer they have here. It's so, oh, yes. old. it's so very old. And yes. <laughs> Scotty picks up the mouse and he starts talking into it. He's yes. like, hello computer. He's speaking into the mouse and people are looking at him like, uh, what are you doing? But they just, they talk to the computers in the future. They don't, you don't yes. use a mouse. You talk to them. He first sits down and says, hello, computer. Then uh, uh, McCoy gives him the mouse and then he talks into the this. mouse and says, yeah. hello, computer. So good. But then, but then he can type super fast. Like it, then they're like, no, you have to use the keyboard. And he's like, oh, keyboard. And then he's amazing at typing. Yeah. But they're used to typing. They're always typing on right. their, their Yeah. Boards. Yeah. Of course. They have all their screens and stuff. But uh, Dean, they uh, um, shout out to JJ uh, Abrams for uh, doing this in the reboot, doing, doing the exact same thing in the reboot where they provide future technology to someone in the past to progress oh, yeah. the story along. So I, oh, I, lo- yeah. I love yeah, yeah. that he grabbed this exact thing and brought it into that movie. So in yeah. that movie, it was that the like the older Spock got thrown to that winter planet. He comes yeah. across Scotty and gives Scotty the like technology or like the formula 
to beam at warp. So yeah, Scotty's Scotty's not supposed yeah. to have that yet, but he gives it to him. So yeah. I love that. I love that in this movie for that yeah. reason. You're right. It's a good call. Now Chekhov and Uhura are on a nuclear aircraft carrier and they're stealing the energy and they get what they need. Uhura gets beamed out, but Chekhov gets captured. So what we have here is we have a Russian being captured on an American nuclear vessel in the eighties, which is just hilarious. Yes. And (laughs) I did read that this movie did tremendously well in Russia. They thought it was hilarious. (laughs) Yes. They loved it. It did very well. That's awesome. That's awesome. They thought this, that's cool. The Russians kind of like getting through and stealing stuff from the Americans. It was. It's great hijinks. Great hijinks. Well well received. Now Chekhov tries to escape and ends up falling off a ledge. This is yeah. another really weird thing for me, but it, I understand yeah. why they did it. It just always feels weird. It's so weird because the whole scene of him trying to get away has the goofiest music playing. It's like fun. Like I feel like I was I said it in the moment before I even knew that he took this big fall. I said in the moment this feels like it should be very tense and I should be very worried for Chekhov, but the music is making me just think like it's a fun adventure and it's a it's a good romp. And then he takes this huge fall and you're like, oh shit, did he just die? <laughs> like it, the, the tone is shifts so quickly. It's so off in that lead up to the fall. Yeah, it was, yeah, it's kind of strange. Now, Kirk's been trying to get Catherine to give up her two whales. Like he wants the, he wants, um, I guess like the frequency that they communicate at so that he can, that's what he's going to use to beam them to the ship. I think is their frequency, like the, the frequency of their voice of their sound. Okay. I think that's what the deal is. Well, like he wants the whales so the whales can communicate with the. Right. With- but he keeps he keeps future. he keeps asking her to give them up, and she's like, "No, I don't want to." So, I mean, I just assume it would be very easy for Kirk just to beam the whales up, but they need oh, some they need something to lock onto. So he's yeah, asking yeah, okay. for their like v- like their voice frequency or whatever their yeah, whatever yeah. their whatever like they speak, however they speak, whatever frequency that is. Yeah. She seems to know it. I feel like she would not know that, but yeah. she, she knows it. She's keeping it a secret so he can't get his hands on them. But he kind of says like, look, we're going to get a couple of whales. We want it to be yours. If you just tell us the frequency, we'll get yours and we'll kind of save them. Um, But she doesn't trust him. Like she thinks maybe he's out to kill them. She's very worried the whales are going to get killed. They're going to get like harpooned by somebody or people don't have the whale's best interest at heart. Um, But Unfortunately for her, the whales kind of get taken right out from under her nose and released into the wild where she's very worried that they're just going to get killed by poachers. So after kind of, you know, all of the talks she's had with Kirk, she, she realizes maybe he can help. She races back to find him at the park. She runs right into the invisible bird of prey 
<laughs> yes. And that was great. And then she sees them yes. loading the plexiglass yes. into the invisible ship with a helicopter. Amazing. That uh, uh, Sulu's flying. And um, now they have to beam her on board because she's like, she's kind of realized what's going on. She's in. And she's in. She's she's down. She yeah, tells she, she tell tells she tells Kirk how to find the whales. Yeah, there's there's so many moments too where I think that her and Kirk are just gonna kiss in this movie. Like oh, yeah. especially that moment where she like finds out that he like actually has this spaceship and he's actually a guy from space. Yeah. Um, because they've already been on a date. Like they've already been on a one on one date. Um, where uh, I think uh, Kirk got a Michelob Ultra or something. Did you when see he how was, he uh... was drinking his beer? Was that the yes, weirdest it's... way that you could possibly drink a beer? I don't think he drinks beer. I don't think he like has had a a, a beer before. He 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 would go in like he's yeah. gonna take a giant sip. Yeah, and then he takes a baby sip. Like his mouth is wide open. Yeah, and he, he looks like he swallows a bunch of air and then takes a tiny amount of beer. Yeah, it's so weird. It's it's also like the lightest beer there is. So he could just chug that whole thing, man. But I think he uh I don't think he has beer. I think they have different space they have different space drinks in they the do. future. They do. Yeah. I always like to think that their space drinks are really strong. But if he's I like so, yeah. whoa Man, true, I'm, yeah. I'm feeling like, a bit weird <laughs> off of this Michelob Ultra then. Off this maybe, 3%er. <laughs> maybe Romulan Ale is not all that great. Maybe it's just yeah, kind exactly. of shitty. Who yeah. Knows? So yeah. Anyways, they've they've had chemistry. They've been on dates. So I just like always felt like, oh man, are they gonna kiss now? Are they gonna kiss now? Like there's just this chemistry between them. Yeah, definitely. Now the bird of prey is back to full power, but they don't have Chekhov. They need Chekhov. They can't go back to the future without Chekhov. He's yeah. been taken to a local hospital for emergency surgery, and McCoy does not want him being operated on by these like rudimentary doctors right. who are just like right he he's just like they're going to mur- they're going to murder him they're going to they're going <laughs> to kill him they don't know what they're doing these savages <laughs> which is it's kind of it's kind of fun like oh totally i like that they're showing that the you know the m- medicine is so far advanced in the future uh, but basically, McCoy here, he breaks into a hospital so that he can be the yeah. one to operate on Chekhov. It was a really fun scene. And this is why they had Chekhov fall, have that fall. Because right. yeah. they wanted to give like McCoy this moment to kind of do his thing. Have this really cool. fun scene, which it was. Yeah. And he goes in and he uh, gets to use his tools on Chekhov and save Chekhov's life. Whereas yeah. the doctors were saying they were going to drill a hole into his head. Right. Um, you know, McCoy can just go put his device on and he's able to heal Chekhov like correctly. Um, so they find the whales now, but so did the whalers. Shit. Yeah, they dropped the whales off right next to a whaler boat. Of course. Of course they're going to be attacked. Where did you drop them right next to a boat? I don't know. It didn't take long for the whalers to find them. I it feel did like. not take long. It took minutes. It yeah. took seconds. That's ah, fine. Whatever. It's fine. We're having fun. We're just having fun. Of course. We're, hey, we're having fun. The whalers are having fun. Come on. Everybody's the having whalers, fun here. Everyone's having fun. The whalers are having fun. <laughs> Those bastards, though, they prime their harpoon 
they shoot at the whales, but it hits the cloaked bird of prey, which gets in between the whales and the harpoon. This was a great moment. You're just like, you're hoping the crew can get there in time, but it doesn't look like they're going to do it. And when the harpoon gets shot, you think it's probably going to hit a whale. Then it hits this invisible ship and like deflects off. It was great. I felt great about things at that moment. And yeah, I felt even better when the ship uncloaks and it's pointing right at the whalers. This fucking menacing looking spaceship. Yes. Pointing at the whalers. And dude, they absolutely shit themselves exactly the same way I would. They panic so hard and it was great. They're just, (laughs) they can't spin that wheel fast enough trying to get out of there. Really good moment. I love I love how many fist pumping moments there are in this movie just because the ship can cloak. Like that's yeah. something that you usually get like one or two moments in a movie. If you have something that can like completely camouflage, you probably get the first initial one and then maybe they bring it back later. But there's like five times in this movie where the ship being able to cloak is just such a great moment in the movie. Yeah. Nimoy definitely leaned into the cloaking technology. Totally. And it just, like, it doesn't feel old ever. Like, we're getting no. to the end here. He's already used it five times, and we're like, this is a this is the best. This is the best thing that could happen right now. Yeah. I mean, it's cool because, like, it's invisibility, right? Like, that wouldn't... Yeah. That's not going to get old until somebody figures it out. Yeah. Like, it, right. it, if yeah. this ship was to fire a torpedo, you know, that's going to bring a lot more attention to them. And mm-hmm. maybe the, you know, the authorities are on them quicker because of that. But just being invisible, yeah. it's like it's you're quiet. You're kind of stealthy. So you can use that many, many, many times rather than just firing your phasers or firing your torpedoes at like a building or a ship or something like that. So fantastic. So they're able to beam a bunch of water on board. Then they beam the whales on board, which I thought looked really cool. Uh, uh, these these whales look awesome by the way. We both have the like the full kind of like 10 movie Star Trek Blu-ray yeah. set. So I know we're wa- we're watching the same thing. This yeah. movie looked fantastic. The Bird of Prey it, yeah, it looks does. incredible. Yeah. The whales yeah. look incredible. The beaming of them into this containment tank looked incredible. Yeah. It's, it's really 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 good. Now, they've got Chekhov, they've got the whales, they've got power to the ship. It's time to go back to the future. Let's do it. When they traveled back through time the first time, though, the ship was barely able to pull it off. It just about was destroyed by the the forces that it was, you know, taking on. Now they have an additional 400 tons of weight Mm. with the water and the whales. So they're not sure they can even make it. Right. Um. This is where McCoy gives Spock like a pep talk. Spock's just like, yeah. I, don't, I don't think I can figure this calculation out. And McCoy yeah. says, just give it your best guess. And Spock's like, I don't know what best guess means. He didn't know what to do. So he they had, they had a nice moment there where like McCoy is kind of explaining yeah. like, this is what this is. It's like, we trust you. You're very smart. You yeah. don't have to know everything, right? Like you, you can have a vulnerable moment where yeah the best you can do um might not be like a a perfect calculation but it's the best that you can do and it's the best that we can have 
available to us. So you, you need to do it. So yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. It was, and that then, was a good moment. It's a great moment. And when he tells Kirk that he's going to give his best guess, even better moment. Like when he, when he's like, I'm, I'm going to give my best <laughs> guess. Yeah. Totally. So good. Oh my goodness. I love this guy. I love a Spock guy. Yeah. So, it, I mean, it, it turns out all they had to do is press a bit harder on the gas pedal and they made it. It didn't right. seem of course. It turned yeah, out not course. to be a very big deal at all. But I, I like the moment. I like the, you know, the preamble up to that moment. It was fun. Of course. Yeah. So we are back in the future, Dean. The Earth is being destroyed by weather. Uh, Kirk lands the ship, the bird of prey, in the ocean. They release the hatch for the whales. The whales escape. They speak to the probe. The probe is now happy. All it wanted to do is talk to the whales. It just wanted to talk to whales. And it leaves the Earth alone. Now, Dean, what do you think this probe is? I, Tim, I don't care. Okay. That's how much I like, you can tell me what you think it is, but like, that's how much I liked this movie. There's so much mystery. There's something shows up. The earth is dying of weather. They have to get some whales to talk to the probe. They get the whales. They put them in the water. The whales say hello to the probe and the probe leaves the earth alone. The earth is actually in this fun movie that we're in. The earth is actually apparently going to be destroyed in the future, but they get the whales and it just leaves. And I love that I have no idea what that was about. And I love that the characters have no idea what that was about. They just knew they needed some whales to talk to this thing. Yeah. So I think they talked enough about it in the movie and then did enough camera shots at the end with this probe kind of mimicking the way the whale is positioning itself in the water. I think this is supposed to be a future whale. It was coming back to maybe make sure its future is preserved because if humans wipe out the whales, then there will be no whales in the future. So they need to make sure that on earth, the whales are preserved so that they can be preserved. So I think that's what they're going for. I think so. Yeah. I don't like it all that much. Um, You don't like space whales. I don't like space whales who look like giant cylinders. Tim. With white spinning spheres sticking out of them. Okay. So to be fair, you came to that conclusion yourself. So you don't like your own conclusion. Um. Yeah, I don't like. Yeah. Yes. Agree. I don't like my own conclusion. So, but so I can't, have a different one. I, I came from that because of what the movie served served up to me. Yeah. Or who knows? Uh. <laughs> You're like, no, no, the movie said it told, was whales. It's whale us. people. It's whale people coming like to talk they, to the whales. Yeah, I feel like they told us that it was whales. So for me, it's mysterious. And I, I like, I, I would like to be where you're at right now. It seems a lot more comforting. It's and, so great and comforting. It's yeah. just a mystery. That seems like a Who nice, knows? They just needed whales. Your theory seems like a warm blanket that I want to crawl it's under right now. It's a warm blanket. Yeah. I'm wrapping it around myself right now. I like Tim. it. I can't, so I, good. I can't get there. Unfortunately, I can't crawl under that blanket, but I wish I was there. Uh, so the one thing that I want changed with the ending is when Kirk throws Spock into the water, into the ocean. Oh, yeah. I need Spock. I need Spock to say that's not logical. I need him to pop up out of the water and say that wasn't logical. Oh, really? You that would have been so funny. <laughs> you know what's not logical? That a Vulcan just knows how to swim automatically. They don't have water on Vulcan. Oh, interesting. See, I don't know these things, Tim. But Tim, Tim, he's half human. 
Yeah, but he, I mean, he spent his, he grew up on Vulcan. It's true. I don't know if Vulcans can swim. Then uh, he was just like, <laughs> water's yeah, fun. Maybe, I love Maybe water. him just treading water and saying, I, I don't, how do I know how to swim? That's not logical. Also, like swimming in his outfit, like that would absorb uh, so much water. Probably put an additional 60 pounds on a body. He's dropping like a rock. That outfit is incredible. Yeah. Uh, well, as we're kind of winding down here, we're once again at this hearing where Kirk is up for a bunch of charges. He's not off of the charges yet. Okay. Of course. But come on, man. This dude just saved the fucking earth from weather, from bad weather. Give him a break. Yeah. Okay. Cut him a break. Kirk pleads guilty to all charges. Yeah. And all but one are dismissed. The disobeying the order from a superior cannot be ignored. It's too serious. So Kirk gets stripped of his admiral rank. He gets dropped down to captain. But it's so he can once again command a starship. Of course, it's Come a great on. fist pumping moment. Everybody loves it. Come on! We'll, we'll... Bring you down to captain. Everybody wants him to go down to captain. Everyone's pumped about it. Come on. It's like when they ask you in interviews, what's your greatest weakness? And you're just like, I just work too hard. Yeah. Like you're just trying to sugarcoat this thing at the end that's supposed to be bad, but it's like, no way. It's good. We love it. Yeah. It's like that Michael Scott from The Office. Yeah, I work too hard. I care too much. (laughs) I care too much. (laughs) Do you see my, actually my weaknesses (laughs) Are my strengths. Exactly. Did you exactly. did you catch on to that? Love it. Great, great yes. part of the movie though. I love that they did that. So good. I loved it. The, yeah, the, I love it. They're looking all serious, like, oh, you did something so bad. But I like that they just yeah. realize, look, look what Kirk can do behind a starship. And not yeah. even behind a starship. This time he's behind a bird of prey. Amazing. I, Amazing. Such a great, such a great ending. And Tim, for such like a, a strange movie that like I feel like is is weird in fitting in these first three, I was wondering once we got to the end, what's gonna make me want to watch the next one? Boom, you just did it. Did it. Kirk's back to captain. I'm in. Yeah, and there's more still. But um everybody what? at that hearing starts applauding. When when Kirk gets <laughs> like stripped down to captain, everybody's just like cheering. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, including the cat person. Who is there? <laughs> oh, I love the cat And person. the mole man who is in attendance. Oh, so they, they're so happy. Yes. Um, yes. Catherine, who traveled to the future with them, is now part of a science vessel. And yeah. this is where she rejects Kirk's advances, which was perfect. Amazing. He, he's like, will I ever see you again after she doesn't want to kiss him? And she's like, I'll find you. And it's just like, well, yeah, you'll never find each other. You're on different spaceships. This, you'll never see each other again. This was the time to kiss him. You clearly don't want to kiss him. I loved it. Yes. <laughs> it was great. Yes. Tim, Kirk asked her for her phone number. Yeah. And she said, she, she basically said, I'll find said you. like, uh, yeah. Or like uh, if fate, if fate uh, wants it to happen, I'll guess your phone number. <laughs> like it's, she not is happening. not on board with this Not guy. interested in <laughs> yeah. the Kirk. Uh, no, I will not give you my phone number. I will find yours somehow. She was quite interested when he was an admiral. But now that he's a captain, she's like, I can do better. Oh, I can do better. That's so true. And she can. Dean, we see the crew take a shuttle to their new ship. And cool. we're flying towards 
the USS Excelsior, and yep. then we fly over it. And oh, hiding shocking. behind it is a brand new USS Enterprise. And Dean. NCC 1701-A. Yes! You got it. Even before I asked you. Because you knew that was coming. I'll never get that, that wrong that again, Tim. I'll never get it wrong. <laughs> well, this one is the dash A. It's new. I know. I know the dash A is new, yeah. Well played, though. Well played. Now, um, they all take their posts on the bridge. They head into warp. And the end. Yeah. I, I, I honestly... I, I thought they were going to go with the Excelsior. I didn't think there was going to be another Enterprise. I know they're no, really setting me up for another Enterprise, but for some reason I was like, yeah, they're going to take that other ship that was really fast that last movie. They'll, that's what they'll do. So I kind of liked it. I kind of liked the sappy reveal that there was another Enterprise. I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. It's like our best friend coming back from the dead. Yeah, of course. And it was. It did. It was our best friend coming back from the dead. He did. He was. He died. We watched it again at the beginning of this movie. It's the happy ending. It was a good, oh man, it's a great movie. It's so fun. We've reached the point in the episode where when is now going to be, when is now When will then be now? When will then be now? It's now. Because I'm going to reveal the information I had about Catherine's character that we talked about before. So for anybody, for anybody who just zoomed forward um, you know, welcome back. You just you missed a bunch of fun stuff, but whatever. You missed so much. Doesn't matter. We don't really care about that. But I think this is why her character was kind of like so goofy. Okay. And I didn't think that kind of fit for her character. There were four writers credited with this script. I don't know if you know noticed that. In, Not at in all. The, you're you're a credits guy, so so in the in opening credits they showed two writers. Yeah. And then they showed two writers after that. Hmm, so the first the first two writers, Steve Mearson and Peter Crikes, were originally hired to write this script with Eddie Murphy as a college professor who believes in aliens and likes to play whale songs. Murphy was really excited to be in a Star Trek movie, but after reading the script, didn't like his part and decided to take on a role in The Golden Child. Oh, interesting. After that, two new writers were brought in. They said they didn't even look at the original script. It was not what people wanted. They wrote a brand new script. And that's what we got in this movie. And the role that was written for Eddie Murphy was modified and turned into the role of Catherine. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> That's so funny. So you, you're telling me Eddie Murphy took a look at this script in the mid 80s and he said no to the eighth lead of the movie. He didn't want to be the eighth lead of the movie. Well, I think in the 80s, Eddie Murphy loved Star Trek and wanted them to write something for him where he could be the lead. Right. More centered around him because yeah. like you got you got to take the main crew as your first as as the, like all your first leads, so you're gonna be down there, man. You're gonna be seventh, eighth, ninth lead in this movie if you want to be in it. They tried to write something for him, yeah, and it didn't work out. And he said, "That's not that's, that's not for me. I'm gonna go do something yeah. else." And it turned into what it was. But I'm yeah, it's fascinating that like this could have had Eddie Murphy in it. Yeah, weird. It would have been a way different movie. 
Yeah, they still wouldn't have kissed at the end, probably. No, probably not. Right, <laughs> right, Tim. Yeah, I don't know. Um, not, yeah, not in the eighties. No. <laughs> not in the eighties. <laughs> yeah, right. Not in the eighties. Yeah. Um, yeah, interesting. I, I liked Catherine a lot. Um, I do like her a lot too. I just don't buy I her, like her as a, as her her job. I love her character. Yeah. I love the energy yeah. she brings. She's so adorable. Uh, I love that she rejects Kirk. I love it. I love the rejection at the end. So good. It's all it's all great. I'm I don't have any beef. The fact the fact that I'm even saying that she didn't play like a marine biologist all that well is is stupid. It's stupid of me to say because it's just a goofy fun movie. Like if she yeah, played that totally. role really straight and really well, that would have stuck out really yeah. really badly. So yeah, it's uh, interesting Eddie Murphy hasn't been in a Star Trek movie since then. If he liked it so much um that he hasn't like pushed it more or even tried to get on has he been on any episode of any show i don't know no 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 yeah that's that's cool that's cool too bad he didn't like it that would have been uh kind of fun i think he really would have fit though in this type of movie because of how yeah, fun totally. and silly it is oh as yeah strange as it sounds i could really see eddie murphy being written into this movie well that's for not sure. the right that might have been the right role for him i don't know um i think i think it honestly i think it was i think if he was okay being having that little screen i mean she had a lot of screen time yeah she did if he he was yeah if he was okay sort of being a little bit down the call sheet um then i think it would have been really good yeah it could have been really good could have been all right dude well thank you for joining my friend yeah we made it we did it we made it home thanks everybody for listening and we'll catch you next time. Hello, everybody. I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week we are giving you a blast from our past. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia. That's it for another episode. Thanks to everyone for listening. If you'd like to drop us a line, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as TalkBackPod, or by email at TalkBackPod at gmail.com. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Those reviews will help more people find Talking Back. All right, that's it. We're done.